Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. And today's episode we are discussing our favourite boom baselines. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Um, Fucking yeah. baselines, man. This is the first time we've ever... This is also our first one of... Uh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. 2020. Hey, first one of 2020. Fucking a whole new year this shite. <laughs> not, not this shite. Not this shite, just life. Yeah. Also, it has to be said that it's like mad early. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, um, it is quite early. We're recording this real early for some reason. Uh, we're drinking coffee. Because we, we realised that we, we ran out because of the Christmas period. We, we want to keep you mm. uh, supplied with podcasts and the Patreon people supplied with one. So we just ran out. So we should, should, yeah. can't miss one. We'll never miss one. No, we, we, we did actually record enough, but we gave one to the Patreons. We probably gave our best, best one ever. <laughs> ever. Very good. To the Patreons. Um, ever. Like, ever. No, no, no messing. Like, <laughs> the topic itself is whatever. But Jesus Christ. What was it, TV teams? TV teams, yeah. Oh, I don't nostalgia. On fire, lad. Lit up. Um, but this is, uh, yeah, this is our first one, and this is our first uh, ever, I think, I'm pretty sure, instrument-specific. Is it? I think it might be. We don't like best intros. Yeah, but that, sure, I, I, I picked piano and bass yeah. and guitar. Yeah, yeah, we haven't known, like, best guitar or anything like that. Yeah, now this, whatever about best bass lines, bassists are annoying cunts, but yeah. they're also sound. They are sound, but they're just a bit nerdy. There. Well, they're always. What I always found about bassists is that, like, we talked about this before about guitarists, like the best guitarist in the band or the best guitarist you've ever played with is the guy that has, like, the Argos guitar, doesn't have an amp. You know, yeah. this type of show. Bassists are the complete and utter opposite. Bassists are forever looking for, like, that new little pedal or new little sans amp or a type of cable or a new little thing for their, for their amp that makes them sound better. Slightly warmer. Just something. Lads, come on now. It's, it's so just warm. Boodle, 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 boom. I like, know. I like, disagree. I disagree. I think, like, I know from trying to, I'm not a bassist, but I have laid down, laid down. <laughs> Stop it. They're sick of me mouth. <laughs> I have laid down some bass on tracks yeah. I've been working on because I, I didn't have a bassist handy to do yeah, it. Yeah, but you just find so, a nice bass tone. I know, I'm not but, saying anything will do. No, but I'm saying I can never find a nice bass tone. But then again, I was only using fucking uh, active basses, which are horrible. To, yeah. I don't like them. Clinky, clinky. I don't like active basses yeah. at all. I bought a Yamaha bass and I was like, fuck, man, you should have just bought a fucking square version of yeah. a P bass. You know what I have here, actually? It. I have, um, there's a bass guitar. There's a band who used to play here an awful lot. Don't, because you might want to rub it. Oh yeah, yeah, and I tell you what, they were they're gone. The band don't exist anymore. And um, they used to play. They were they were English lads, but they used to come over every couple of months, and uh, they play here a lot. The, actually, the bassist was in. Uh, he was in two or three bands that were part of this record label deal. So instead of just having to pay for flying stuff over, he just grabbed the bass one day, threw it in a hard case, brought it over, and left it here. Now it's yeah. a bag of shit, like legend or something like that. Right? I just, think I played that. Was it played that upstairs before? No, we played some guitar that yeah. someone left that was unjust. Yeah, that was actually mine that I hadn't looked at in like four years. <laughs> oh, I've been sitting in it. Uh, you know, the fact that's banjacked. Um, that, that, that guitar, that's an acoustic guitar in mine that's been sitting in a toilet for like five years. That was, do you know what? And I had to stand on the strings to get them down onto the frets. Shocking, it's in bits. The action it's on that was hefty. Horrific. But this bass guitar. The punch, punch the frets. Exactly. <laughs> this bass guitar, it's like a legend bag of shoy, but I'm telling you now, no word of lie, one of the nicest little things I ever played. The neck and all on it, it's gorgeous. The weight is gorgeous. It sounds deadly. Give a go of it. Yeah. Not now, but. Not right now. Let's, fuck this I, podcast. Do you know what I was thinking we'll of, do our own best you know bass lines. Do you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of getting the bass person in that would play live the, the bass lines live <laughs> when we did this then I was like we'll do that for volume 2 we'll have a live bassist in volume 2 to play as we're talking to about to play them, them. yeah we'll get away with so uh, without further ado 
I who's, your, who's your first one? Uh, first one I picked is a Beatles song. It's a uh, Taxman. Yeah, that gets stuck in the head, all right. It's the minute when we when we decided this is what we were gonna do, the first one that popped into my head was this, and it's not because it's overly complicated. So simple, uh, actually. It's just fucking stupid. But the minute you hear it, boom, 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 that's you for the whole day. Yeah, the whole day. It's fucking over. That's it's the baseline version of Toss a coin to your witcher <laughs> Oh, valley yeah. of plenty Yes, fuck exactly That's Stop it Thank, thank you By the way Yeah, thank no you. worries That's, that's me fuck now my head. That's me fuck now uh, So this is off uh, Revolver Which I've said on many, many occasions Is my favourite Beatles album From 1966 This song's actually written by George Harrison And sang by George Harrison uh, It's the There's a couple of little forces The only George Harrison song um, that he wrote for the Beatles that is an opener on an album and it's also only, yeah. the, only the sixth song he'd ever written for the Beatles yeah he's, his songs are incredible yeah just brilliant apparently what was going there was weird stuff going on where George had kind of he kind of resigned himself to the fact that the Beatles was uh, John and Paul yeah and uh, he wasn't really bothering all that much to, to, to kind of Roy or whatever even though before the Beatles he was a well uh, fucking uh well-loved kind of songwriter in his own right, in his own scene. But he just kind of consigned himself. He's like, fuck it, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be the guy in the Beatles who yeah. no one really ever he's talks my, to. He's my favourite Beatle. Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't know if I have a, I think they're all fucking arseholes. Um, Ringo seems nice. He's just a, something wrong with Ringo. Yeah. Some, literally something wrong with Ringo. Hello, um, everyone. Even to this day. <laughs> even to this fucking day, there's something wrong with him. Uh, so he had, he had this idea for Taxman. He had a little riff together. And uh, the song itself is actually, it's a grand little song. Oh, I love this song, it's, it's, great song. It's fine. It, the, the lyrics are brilliant. Well, I was reading about what the song is about, right? Obviously it's about, it's fucking tax, man. But, is it? Well, apparently so. <laughs> what had happened in uh, the mid-60s, whoever the British Prime Minister was, had instituted this thing called a super tax. And super tax. Super tax. <laughs> we'll get some echo on that. Super tax. And, um, I'm actually going to put Echo on that. Sponsored by Velton. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, he, they instituted a super tax, and what this meant was anybody who was earning over a certain amount was liable for 95% taxation by the British government. So the Beatles were getting fucking wrecked. <laughs> wrecked. They were getting to keep 5%. That of makes, their money. That makes no sense. That's 5%. probably less than what other people surely yeah. would earn at. There was more there. A 95% super tax. So Harrison was like, hang the fuck on. Like, like the, the lad, to be fair, the lad still had a lot of money. 5% no, of... No, but that doesn't matter. They're working yeah, at that level. exactly. You're the best band in the entire world. Exactly. And they were, sorry. 95% was being taken off them. So they off Harrison went and wrote these lyrics and all this kind of show you. Now, apparently, George and Paul weren't bestos. Um, Paul was very adamant about it, it just being him and Lennon writing the songs. So when Harrison was writing the song, he gave he gave John a show. Just listen and give us a dig out with one or two little bits here. Um, so John wrote one or two little licks and little lines lyrically to, to help him along because John said himself that like George just couldn't go to Paul. It just wasn't a thing. Paul yeah. would just shoot him down and say absolutely not because I thought it would have been the other way around. So would I, but but then the more you think about it. Fucking John's probably like, I don't give a shit. He, does, he doesn't care, probably. Um, but because Revolver was coined and meant to be McCartney's album, like he he was the he was mm. going to be the driving force. Well, I would have presumed he wrote this because he's the bassist. Yeah, it, primary. Yeah. I mean, it's his line. But although you could play this, you know what the gas thing is? You could play this song on guitar 
and after about a minute, well, if you played it on bass, people didn't instantly know it was the yeah. saxophone. If you played it on guitar, and yeah, they'd probably think it was a regular reggae song, actually. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, but, you know, eventually you'd know it was Taxman. So it's not really a guitar-driven song. The guitar is no. very sparse on well, it. Well, guitar pretty much just comes in at the end of every bar. Yeah. Just blam, blam, yeah. and yeah. that's it. And it just goes back. It's pretty much a drum and bass song. Uh, I love it. It's great. I think it's a great little song. It's a great opener. Um, the rest of this album is perfect. This is, this is for me, is, is the album. I think this is the perfect balance of uh, original kind of poppy Beatles and then... Going fucking mad, Beatles. Yeah, this this does a lot for me. Don't really know many other people that play the honer bass. Yeah, fuck that bass. Like it's, fuck I, that I think bass. you know what? It might have been too taken by the Beatles. Like people, if someone else started playing that, so it looks oh, like yeah. looks like a fucking old violin. Of course, it's like someone like playing an Explorer or so. I know there's definitely metal bands that play Explorers, but you think of James Hetfield. Yeah, you know what it I mean. Might be taken out enough, and you go, it's not the identity's already yeah. been taken. Too oh, what, what was that him. fucking? Was like a Razorback or one of them fucking garbage things that uh, Dimebag Daryl played? One of them. Oh yeah. You know, like leave it alone. So there's some things that are just owned by particular musicians. Yeah, yeah. And that 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 fucking McCartney bass. First of all, it's absolutely horrific looking. I just um, hate looking. The only other guitar that annoys me is uh, fucking Ian Cortis's guitar. What's he got? From Joy Division. The fucking little... It looks like a... looks like a crest. Really? The bottom of it just... It looks like a regular guitar and it goes down into a sort of V at the bottom. Very uh, tiny Oh, guitar. I know the ones. Yeah, it looks yeah. looks like yeah. a spade. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like a little teardrop thing. Yeah, yeah they're epoxy, yeah. Who was it makes them? Um, it's not Dan Electro. It might be. Da- Dan Electra did did do a series of those. There's another one called Eastwood guitars. E- it begins with E. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it's Eastwood. E. Uh, make those. They're basically specialised on horrific looking guitars. That yeah. kind of sound cool. And he played like on two songs, one live or something, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like, exactly. Look at my guitars as well. Exactly. Look at me with my instrument. <laughs> anyway, that was the Beatles tax man. That's my fourth pick. Who's your fourth pick? This is... Jesus, this is possibly one of the most famous bass lines of all time. This is uh, Good Times by Sheik. So we finally got Noel Rogers... Well, this is Bernard Edwards playing bass, but yeah. we finally got Noel Rogers onto the podcast finally. in in song form. And to be fair, we haven't actually Noel Rogers hasn't come up in about a month or two. No, that's why it's good to get him in now. Mm. <laughs> we took a Noel Rogers break. I've, I've I'm looking through my list. I've seen a lot of these acts live. I've never seen Sheik live, which is crazy because I'm Irish. It's probably next week. It's probably next week. He's probably playing. He's on his way here. He's right on his way now. here right now. Literally right. every single poster that went up, there was a three year period in this city, in Dublin City, where every single poster that was on the billboard said Noel Rogers and Sheik. He was being advertised <coughs> for his next gig while the other one hadn't even happened yet. Yep. I was like, what? Do you know who were doing that? Aslan were doing that. Aslan played last week in Vicar Street, done three nights in a row, and well, in the middle of that run, MCD were, were advertising next year's fucking gigs in the Olympia. Jesus. Just fucking hell. Just people get yeah, with people get off the back of that get the tickets now. They do it with Post Malone. They certainly knew it. Lots of people. Tickets are coming out too early. I can't afford yeah. them now for something that's going to wait a yeah. year. Fuck yeah. that. Anyway, um, yeah, Bernard Edwards uh, is a fucking unreal bassist. This is uh, from nineteen seventy nine. Um, he this is sampled by the Sugar Hill Gang and Rappers Delight. That's that's all we got. I got it mixed up earlier. Yeah, no, this is and the gas thing is that's a real kind of if you listen to this version. And then you go back to listen to the Sugar Hill Gangs, and Sugar Hill Gangs sounds a bit empty. Mm. This one has just so much going, especially towards the end of Good Good Times. It's just instrumental, and it's just re- that bassline repeated over and over and over again, and it doesn't get boring. When you, when you, it doesn't when you, get boring. Well, you can have a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, he um, he was a massive influence on John Taylor of Duran Duran. Mm. Who I mean, come on, he's going to come up in this. Yeah, and uh, after he died, he died in Tokyo. 
of pneumonia right after a show. Well, wow. that uh, Noel Rogers kept saying to him, "Don't play that show. Don't play this show. Really? Let's just back over now." And he goes, "No, no, fuck it, I'll play it." And he had to get like other people to come on halfway through and help him play. Well, it. Let's play himself, lazy cunt. Give the guitar to somebody else. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Does it? Wank, Anybody wank, can do wank, that. You wank, stupid bastard. Noel Rogers is a beast wank, on fucking wank, bass. Yeah, it's just one, uh, yeah. one note. On that's all he wank. does. That's because he loves fucking doing nothing. Of course. To be fair, if I was in a band, I'd be aiming to be the one doing yeah. fuck all. Can I be the one just with the fucking keyboard? Zero. And, and I hit yeah. one. Yeah. Every yeah. wow, no. yeah. So um, after he died, he actually because John Taylor he got and, better. John Taylor, after he died, he got everyone will get better mm. when they die, man. Everybody gets better when they die. I don't think the sickness in heaven. Imagine getting a fucking a chest infection in heaven. Like, what's this shit? <laughs> this is a lot of sickness in heaven. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, he gave um, he gave his music man Stingray to uh, beast of an instrument. Yeah, you see, I was looking. I started to look at all these uh, bases that we have, and I've, I've listed what their bases. All right, because we needed to. Come, we didn't do we that. Need, no, we need to come up with more info. Mm. That's what I'm saying. And uh, if we bolted it, it seemed weird. Like we fucking planned this. So I should have done that. That's a good idea. Was, yeah, I think most bases are going to be listening to this. They're going to be like, oh, of course, because they're yeah. all gearheads, aren't that's they? What, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I literally only came to me on the bus about 20 minutes ago. I went, fuck, I have to go through. <laughs> I have to go through equipboard.com now yeah. and check out See? all these guns. And so he played mainly the Fender, Fender P bass, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite bases. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a bassist, but I do love the fact that it's almost an all-rounder. It's you just, can't, you can't, can't go wrong with a P-bass. It's just so, so lovely and warm. Sound and heavy. Uh, it is, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking heavy. Um, and it also makes small people look tiny. Yeah. If you're not, like, of normal proportions, forget it. Get yourself another bass. Get another <laughs> fucking bass, lad. You look wrong. You know them lads who were so small and they have like P basses. The next are so long pop punk bands, which, P, which P bass is perfect for. Yeah, exactly. But the arms, they can't even yeah. hit. It's like w- w- F. No, no, yeah. player up here. They're instead. banging it off the side of the yeah, amp to hit that that's note. That's it. <laughs> Belt and the fucking drummer with it. Yeah. So listen, that's it's it's one of the most famous bass lines of all time. It's one of the most sampled bass lines, and. Uh, Good times by Chic. It's a fucking great song. It Super. Is. It is, but uh, still, Noel Rogers is a fucking chancer. Fucking Noel Rogers. <laughs> Who's your next one? I'm going to try and get him on this podcast. Should for when me. we have money, he, man, he'll do it in Ireland. He's here anyway. He'll open up a shoe. <laughs> We're opening up shoe on Dorset Street there. Noel Rogers. <laughs> oh fucking! He's actually a great man for interviews. If you watch any uh, YouTube videos where they're just talking about music, he's he's very oh, he's, good. He's mad into it. He's very good. Yeah, I read. I was reading him talking about this, and uh, this baseline was inspired by an Earth, Wind, and Fire song of the same year. Which name I fucking can't remember. I listened to it, and it wasn't a fleece. It was ju- you could tell it was just a. Oh, if I start, if if I just start with. Uh, 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 stop. Yeah. Then a bit. Yeah. That's that's my favorite yeah. type of bass lines. Yeah. My other type of favorite bass lines are ones that creep in. Boom. <laughs> boom. Boom. I, it's, I took every boom. every iota of control I have not to put in like a load of shitty fucking like punk songs. Yeah. Because there's a particular sound where they use those sans amps. Those like little oh, mini drivers, yeah, yeah. and there's just kind of—it's not distortion. It's especially for bass solos that you yeah, have to do. It's one, just yeah. this drive that's on this fucking. There are always P basses as well, but it's this drive you can put on it, and it just has this kind of—it's got bottom end, but it's got this little kind of mid scoop. It does, yeah, and it's fucking beautiful. It's a little bit crunchy, yeah. It's fucking um, beautiful. Well, look, speaking of that, I had uh, Maxwell Murders by Rancid on mm. this because that's just. 
him Fred Lars Fredericks no Matt Freeman Matt Freeman fucking get the two of them mixed same up. job they're um, all the fucking same him playing like Elvis skin from the very first ridiculous it's only two, a minute and a half long or something two yeah. minutes long that song yeah. but the bass solo he's is like, outrageous it's yeah. disgustingly he's good outrageous lovely yeah. fella as well actually. but um but uh, I had too many other songs to put on this so that's uh, it this is again like most of them this is a volume one job yeah that's um Hang on, who are we talking about? Uh, it's on to my next one. Yes. Uh, now, so my next one is a band. I'm, I don't hate them. I don't, I don't dislike them. I'm not mad into them either. They're literally just a five out of ten. Take it or leave a band for me. Uh, it's Muse. The, this band rested on their laurels. Yeah. like And went pop, very pop. And went quite <laughs> a bit of synth as well. Now, what I'll say is this, that... This, I know this bass line. It's disgusting. Yeah, good. isn't it? It's, it's so good. Yeah. This is off their uh, third album. Now I have I have time for the first three albums by these guys. Time for the first two. Two uh, and the first two. And, yeah, and this bits song of this. Off yeah. yeah, the the first two are was, fucking this really was, uh, good. This was Absolution. No, wasn't it? Yeah. Was uh, uh, This is off Absolution. Um so the song is Muse Hysteria and it's off the album Absolution, which came out in two thousand and three. Um Music Radar, the website voted this the sixth best bass line of all time. It's it's so fun. It yeah. goes up, up again, yeah. then back again. And then the resolution on it is just lovely. Now what they, what they do, Muse are kind of scummy in a way, in that they Put tend. Synth over, do yeah, they? Yeah. The, the lads keep building these, this machinery into their instruments. So. Yeah. Um, the, the bass's name is Christopher, uh, Wolstenholm or Wolstenholm. Um, depending on whether he is taking advantage of his, uh, German depending on heritage. whether you're trying to impress a girl by it'll be Wolstenholm <laughs> if he's a if he's a full Brit then it'll be Wolstenholm um, like Walt Hamster where yeah, he's exactly. 17 are from <laughs> exactly alright alright <laughs> uh, <coughs> god uh, so they do this thing where they build these little mini synths into their guitars yeah so you'll see sometimes Matt Bemmably Bemmably Bellamy will be playing guitar and you have like these weird buttons and switches and knobs all over the out on all of his that's all well, isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah um, but at the start, they were building little synths um, into the guitars. And chaos pads. Didn't yeah, chaos no, pads they still have those? chaos pads on stage beside them. Well, at one stage, there. he had one in his guitar for just fingering it. Imagine. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff to fit into a fucking guitar. And a fleshlight. And a fleshlight, yeah. And wet wipes. A wet wipe holder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and a thigh massager. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, this, uh, strangely enough, this album was recorded in Ireland. It was oh, I knew that. Yeah, Grouse Lodge, Grouse Lodge, yeah. yeah, in Westmeads, which is really we've talked about it before. Michael Jackson was there. Fifty Cent and all. It's mad weird, mad weird. Bam, the amount of bam. people that have recorded stuff there. That's a cool, baseline. What? Bam, bam. It's more of a horn. Oh yeah, yeah, bam, bam. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they use this thing where they they kind of double up, or sometimes triple up their instruments with synths and chaos pads, and um, because of that, they get this real unique individual sound. Now, mm. this, for the purists out there. Do you know what? I think this bass line is that strong. It doesn't really fucking matter. It's it's just fucking super. It's one of the ones that I'm not being bad, but Muse couldn't fuck up. Because mm. ever like some some songs like uh, Stockholm Syndrome yeah. and Nights of Sidonia have the most incredible riffs, but then he's like, you're like, fuck off, man. Just sing normal over that deadly bit and your middle eights are all gash, by the way. They are, yeah. Fact, (laughs) fact, fact. And you've only got two, three good songs per album. 
So just yeah. wait every decade and release an absolute unreal album. Oh yeah, they could do that. Just write a yeah. bajillion songs, put them out the public tender, and let us pick what yeah. we want to be on the album. Because I wanted this album to be good. Then he starts singing the actual song, Sing for Absolution. It's mm. like, ugh. More like, Cry for Absolution. Ugh. Remember Ghost for Delhi? Disgusting. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, yeah, so that's Mew's Hysteria of Absolution. Uh that's that's fucking it. I don't know what to say. Like I said, this band are a five out of ten for me. Mm. First two were super. Great hits. This one, yeah. After Th- this first two, um, this album has moments on it that are great. But after this, it kind of turned all to shy, all that black hole and revelation nonsense. Mm. And then they went full fucking eighties, but not good. Not good, right? Really, oh, yeah. real bad. Like. They didn't do it. It sounded well, like they didn't. They wanted to get on a, a, a bandwagon that they had no right to be on. But they were also late for it. Way late. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Latest bandwagon. I suppose bus air and bandwagon. Yeah, the only thing I'll say about bands jumping on bandwagons is that, like, that's what they're for. Well, kind of bandwagons. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say is that you think about these lads. Like, Muse are a busy fucking band. Oh yeah, are they so, still one of the top live they rock have bands be. in the world? Yeah, they have probably to be. top ten live rock bands. More than like, live. as in they sell out. Oh yeah, anywhere. Surely, yeah, anywhere. They're, they're realistically, huge. because they're so big in America and UK. Yeah, it's just I don't think I don't see where the time comes from for a lot of these bands to uh, kind of be on the cutting edge of anything. Like, by the time they actually hear it, it's probably fucking over. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I can give them a get-out-of-jail card um, on that a little bit. Uh, Roy, who's your next one? My next one is, we just talked about him, uh, John Tyler from Duran Duran, mm-hmm. who uh, got the bass off uh, Bernard Edwards. <clears throat> this is Rio. They have they've so many to choose from, yeah. songs Duran Duran. Uh, that it was really hard for me to pick one, and I just thought, fuck it, man. Ugh. I could get very clever and think outside the box and all, because there's loads of songs like Come Undone, which has a very, very basic bass line, mm. but a genius bass line, but a very basic one. And I just thought, when I think of his bass playing, it's real. Yeah. Realistically. They are a new romantic 80s band with a funk bassist. Yes. Who is hugely influenced by Chic, Hugely, like, mm. absolute, like, heart on his sleeve. Loves Chic, and that's where he took all of his influence from. Um, he plays a fucking Gibson Les Paul bass. Weird. Yeah. Well, he plays it a lot. They all have lots of different basses. Yeah. But uh, this Pro- is... Probably sponsored by Gibson. Yeah, this is considered a deceptively difficult bass line. And I don't know how, because it sounds like a mad difficult bass line. Yeah. I read loads of people going, it's actually very difficult to play that. I'm like, it sounds fucking mental hard yeah, to play. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but that's basses, you know. Touch. Yeah. Quite hard. I'm like, yeah, it fucking sounds mad hard. I'm just missing one pedal before I can play it. Yeah. Um... There's loads of ones I could have chosen, like View to a Kill is actually really yeah. good. But View to a Kill, like loads of stuff uh, in the 80s, the bass was mixed too low. Yeah. But if you actually can isolate the bass line track from uh, View to a Kill or watch someone playing it, fucking brilliant. Mm. And uh, that song, Late Bar, almost picked that, but I went, no, nah, fuck man, Rio. It's Rio. Rio's killer. It's just him just lashing the bass over for the entire song. What I always liked about Duran Duran was... Uh like even though you're saying like kind of eighty stuff stuff being mixed low, there was something about their production where you could you could smell a Duran Duran song coming. Like they just had that this weird way of cutting everything. Everything had its place. Yeah, and um, it is. Yeah, right. It's just everything makes room a little yeah. bit in the production, and you can tell by the the first the first few albums, the producers clearly went. This bassist is the best yeah. thing about this band right now, so we have to mix them high. Then after that, it just became eighties music. Yeah, but uh, he still fucking was absolutely funk bassing and. Galloping bass lines, hmm. all of them through every single one of the songs. Um, I don't really have much else to say about John Taylor. Right. I mean, everyone knows about how good they're. they're a, there's no other band like Duran Duran. No, I don't think so. 
There's bands with there's loads of funk bands who play fast paced funk like that. None are eighties bands that Goths love. Mm. Like imagine Goths going to see Noel Rogers and Chic. Not really. No. But they'll, well, they'll go, go see Duran Duran with yeah. the same bass ethic and Yeah. Yeah. So uh who's your next one? Uh, my next one is Beauty Collins. Had to be done. He has to be on this yeah. playlist. If you hadn't um, picked him, I would have picked him. Yeah. Uh It'd be outrageous so, if he wasn't on this. It wouldn't have. So what I done was uh, I picked the song called Stretching Out and it's off uh, the album Stretching Out. Um so the story of Bootsy is kind of interesting. First of all, this kind of, this song is from 1976. Um, Bootsy and his brother started a band when they were kids, and they called themselves the Pacemakers. And uh, did one of them have a banger? I don't think so. Imagine, imagine. a heart attack on stage. I, I bet you by now, fucking someone will have. Fuck. So they started a little kind of funky R and B blues band called the Pacemakers, and um, they were doing the rounds, doing all right, and they got a couple of gigs. I think supporting James Brown. <coughs> James yeah. Brown liked them an awful lot. And what happened was in uh, 1970, I think it was 1970, all of James Brown's band quit in, the, right, in yeah. the dispute over yeah. money. So they were like, fucking, listen, you're not paying us enough. And he was like, get the fuck out. Yeah. And off they went. How about I pay you nothing? Exactly. <laughs> so Minus what you're earning now. Exactly. <laughs> Plus tax. So what he done was he gave Bootsy and his pals a show. That's right, like, yeah. Listen, Pacemakers want to be my backup back band. You know, they had to drop the moniker to Pacemakers and they called themselves the JBs. Um, did they have a singer who was like, ah, lads? I don't know. I'm sure they did. Let's say he just became a backup singer. Yeah, mm. yeah. They have to give him a job. That's fucking... Although, have, hang on. They're, always, they're always the one that fuck off on a band. So fuck them, lead singers. <laughs> so I, your whole band fucking off? Yeah, just fucked off. So they brought him in he done that for years, and eventually he became. Uh, he jumped into. He got um, fired in a bad way. Yeah, there was a there was a weird there was a weird period there where he turned up late like once or something. Yeah, and that's James Brown. Shite, that's yeah. James Brown for you. Now he's given interviews saying that James Brown treated him like a father, and because he came, he grew up without a father, like he had like undying loyalty yeah. to James Brown. But a bad fucking thing happened, and. It, it all went fucking sideways yeah. and he had to leave that band and it was around honestly, that I think it was probably just <coughs> drank a bit too much one night or probably. turned up late twice in a row probably go on, go on. <coughs> get the fuck so he uh, he joined uh, Parliament Funkadelic oh yeah he was invited to join Parliament now the same year that they recorded their famous album as Mothership Connection it's brilliant which is pretty much all 90s hip hop yeah it's just just that album bits of that album chopped up to make new songs mm. and uh so that same year, he released his first solo album, which is called Bootsy's Rubber Band. And this song, Stretching Out, was the opening song off the album, Stretching Out. And it's just, the whole album is just exactly what you'd expect it to be. Those like super funky, fucking, like slapping bass lines. And uh, it's just, like, I, he always comes in on the first. Mm. Without, I don't think he, I don't know many bass lines where he doesn't. That was his thing. Come in on the first. Yeah. Drum hit, boom. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it, it, Make your presence now from the I, first I, second. The reason I picked the fourth song off the fourth album is for, like what you were just saying, it's just this is a kind of a, a statement of intent. There's, there's no, he doesn't hold anything back. It's not, uh, this whole entire album, I, I've listened to it a bunch of times now, and this whole album is just, there's no refrain, in it, you know what I mean? He's not, he's not like, oh, for the good of the song now, I'll just, I'll hang Stop back. Stop playing it's, bass. No, there's none of that, you know, we could do with less bass here, there's none of that. This Imagine trying to tell him that Bootsy Collins, the bassist on your solo album. Mm. Any chance you could like hang back on the bass? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, straight up get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Now, we could do on a tour podcast with other things that Bootsy Collins has done. Yeah. Like, it's just 
fucking mad. Is he Snoop Dogg's uncle? Uh, I don't fucking know. There's a whole connection there. I'm not entirely sure. He's Snoop Dogg. He's, I think he's Snoop Dogg's uncle. Snoop Dogg has family everywhere. It's yeah. fucking shocking how many people in, in Snoop Dogg's family His family well loved known. the sex. Love the sex and love uh, being famous. Yeah. They fucking love Sasha Banks from WWE. That's his cousin yeah. or something as well. Or his niece Nate or something. Nate Dogg. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um, it's a solid fucking... In entertainment family big time but uh, he was even he done vocals for uh, Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim he done oh, yeah. like you name it he's even written songs for uh, American football teams you know to, to yeah. be there so it's just you could do on a tour thing he was the DJ in Grand Theft Auto like and if you don't know what he looks like you do yeah absolutely he's got do. the platform boots and the star glasses yeah and the kind of top hat over a sort of fro yeah what do you think about as like the stereotypical stereotypical kind of 80s funk, funk musician 90, 70s 80s yeah. funk musician that's that's, that's what Bootsy Collins is um, and he's yeah. the one that's always like hey baby it's Bootsy mm. a little slightly camp glam glam yeah. came from all exactly. that exactly um, but the, I could have done I'd Rather Be With You uh, which has a, you could do again another yeah. podcast on that one song and how many other songs have been taken and lifted from it but mm. this is Bootsy standing on his own it's not a super famous song it's just a title track off his first album um, but it's most definitely uh, where he went with the rest of his fucking career as well he didn't he, didn't, he never uh, wandered too far from the path <laughs> so he didn't uh, but that was Bootsy Collins stretching out from 1976 who's your next one it's uh, Disco Zombie Italia from 2012 it's probably our earliest song by Carpenter Brut the French uh, synthwave king well maybe between, between him and <laughs> Perturbator yeah. I prefer you Carpenter prefer Brut's less, less stuff so yeah. it's qu- quality over quantity mm. ah they're both fucking amazing they're both, they're both the best. Let's just call it a draw. Um, yeah, so he, this is a kind of, this isn't a, an actual bass. It's the first time I'm picking a song without a bass. Yeah. So it's a synth bass. Yeah. I said, fuck it. Synth basses are just as... I've picked songs with synth basses before. Like, my favourite bass line of all time is Speed Demon by Michael Jackson. But mm. we've used that in another podcast. Yeah. It's also a synth bass. Mm. Um, a program synth bass and so is this as far as I know so I can only surmise that it's done on a Dave Smith profit mm. or else one of his own plugins yeah whatever like that this is from his um, his. Uh, I think it came out in 2005 the trilogy this was out in 2012 but the trilogy came out in 2015 I think absolutely brilliant piece of uh, synthwave mm. based on horror, horror music and Sweet. Italian horror movies which had disco in them yeah it's fucking brilliant he has songs like Roller Mobster, so he's massively influenced by all that kind of stuff. Mm. Went to see him live. He plays with a drummer and a guitarist, and just oh, him. Oh, very cool! And he's uh, shadowed out. Doesn't like to be seen. So Is no lights on him. He looks like a normal, like should be French fella. Really? Yeah, looks. I've seen interviews where it's darkened out. You can tell he's not a mutant. Yeah. He, just, he doesn't have three arms, right? No. Yeah. Right. He just likes to keep himself to himself. That'd be and, handy uh, having three arms. The production, he has the best production out of any synthwave uh, artist. <laughs> synthwave artist. Uh, fucking hell, the bass line of this is pure funk. Yeah. It's pure, it's funkadelic or anything like that. Yeah. But it's because it's done with a synth, it's crisp, the crispest you'll ever hear a bass line. And it's all it's just him. Well, he writes every bit of it, yeah. yeah. Absolutely every bit of it. So I'd say he programmed this on some sort of synth. Fake bass, VST, bass, virtual instrument basses, you can get them good, but I don't know which one he's fucking using because mm. it's ridiculously good. It sounds like a sample, except you know it's not because it's, not. it's yeah. too clean. It's too perfect. Every note is hit. 
it doesn't look that there's any um velocity kind of changes on yeah. it where they've where they've you know we can humanize a yeah. baseline yeah. that you've faked you've drawn in then you yeah. go right now don't need to say about more human it looks like it's just all absolute balls to the wall yeah. fucking there's no humanity in it like no but it's fucking deadly um that's uh disco zombie italia it's an infectious fucking song it's mm. absolutely brilliant so uh, i'll give that a spin later check that out who's your next one my next one is the breeders cannonball mm. had kim, to be done kim deal yeah it's just <coughs> is it is it is it good? Maybe. Is it brilliant? Yes. Like, it's one of those bass lines that's perfect for the song. Yeah, it's but it's infectious. The ho- like, it's one of those songs. First time you hear it, I don't really remember anything about the rest of that song. Fire that fucking boo doo doo boo doo. That's all I remember. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it Hang goes. On, what song on. did you pick? Cannonball. Right. Can you not see? Yeah. Cannonball, the breeders. Oh, you did. Yeah. I'm looking at this. Oh yeah, way down. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Yeah. yeah, that's a different thing. We'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah, the start of this is unmistakable. Yeah. Sorry, I was reading like, because I'm reading it upside down. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Car up the fucking up. He didn't at all. Um, yeah, Cannibal with the Breeders. So this uh, this is off their second album. There was an EP between the first album and the second no album. No one knows or cares about anything before this album. Well, Pod has um, uh, Happiness and Warm going on there. So. Is that not. That's a cover, isn't it's it? It's a cover, yeah. Of the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's well, no, a, that's a famous about cover. Their force. The, the Force was pretty done pretty well. Did it? Um, yeah, yeah, the Force was done pretty well. Nothing like this now. This is fucking outrageous. Um, so I take it back then. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> this is from 1993. The album's called Splash. Uh, so Kim Dale, the singer and guitarist in this band, is the bassist in the Pixies. Yeah. So she doesn't actually play bass in this band. Sick of the old bass. Give me a break from the bass. Yeah, exactly. Now, she started off originally... She started off originally with um, playing guitar. She was in a band with her sister. Now, co- oh, kind of, did the breeders predate the Pixies? Maybe for her. She had a little band with her sister. And she got invited to try out for the Pixies. But she was a guitarist. And her sister was a bassist. So she grabbed her sister's bass and ran off. And doing the fucking trial and it all worked out. Jesus, and she joined the, the is that not got, man? That's harsh. Yep. So she, it's like you took my bass and went to audition for an instrument that wasn't even yours and yeah. got the part, and that's what you'd call a raw deal. Yeah. <laughs> now, eventually, she got the band kind of back up and running. Um, the the Pixies knocked it on the head in 1993, which is around the time the second album came out. Now, her sister, I don't think, plays on this album. So the bass on this song was played by a woman called Josephine Wiggs. Now, Josephine Wiggs was in a band before this called The Perfect Disaster, which is known as kind of being where Fields of the Nephilim came from. Oh, right. Two of the lads from Perfect Disaster, when they knocked it on the head, formed Fields of the Nephilim. Who are one of my favourite bands. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Kim Deal, even though she's a bassist in the Pixies, in this band she plays guitar. So She's uh, Dave Grohl in there. Yeah, pretty much. She's <laughs> just jumping around. She's fucking annoying everybody. She's not grabbing kids off stage though. You are I mad. I had, had to get it in. I had to get it in. He won't leave that. the children alone. Dave Grohl won't <laughs> leave children alone. Um, but yeah, that's all I had to say. This is just one of those mad infectious. Yeah, it's just and then when it kicks in, it's, like it's just stupid. It's stupid. It's like a little warm up fucking thing. It's just garbage, but it's fucking brilliant. It's yeah. fucking brilliant. Um, I, I think this was the first single off this album. I don't even know. 
or care whether it was the second or third one. Um, anybody who probably owns this album on, on LP, the, the, this song is just covered in scratches and the rest of them are immaculate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, Does anybody um, want to listen to, is it Last Splash or Splash? It's just Splash. It's Does anyone listen to the album except that song? Cause uh, it doesn't sorry, play. no, it's called Last Splash. Right? Yeah, yeah. Last Splash, the first album's Pod. Yeah. And there was an EP in between, which I've never heard, which I reckon might actually be interesting. So yeah, I'm going to go, yeah. we'll I'm gonna go digging for that. Uh, but yeah, that was the Breeders Cannonball uh, from uh, Last Splash in 1993. Uh, who's your next one? <laughs> Tales Schism. It's Tales in the One. Yeah. This is a bass line that's the lead riff of the song. Yeah. So it's played sort of semi-high, I think. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, this bass line is ridiculous. This is by Justin Chancellor, who's the only non-American until He's an English fellow. He's, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. That's um, that can't be his real name, Justin Chancellor. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think it is. Oh, it's some mad fucking... There's another few, like, yeah. Hubert Dingleberries yeah, in there in the middle as well. Yeah. Honkle, so I think it's, Honkle Bronk. Yeah. Um, this song starts in 5-4, goes to 4-4, four, four, like all Tool songs, because it has to be played by... You have to get a hook in there every now and yeah. then, and then back to five eight. Um, Jesus, he's one of my favorite bass bass players, but he's one of I think everyone's even people I know that don't like Till kind of respect him. He's just a big, huge monster with yeah. two shovel hands. See, I'm, we talked about this before. I'm not a massive Till fan, but I don't hate them, and I absolutely one hundred percent respect everything they've put out. Like it doesn't do a lot for me. A lot of it. Does fuck all for me. You'd like but this it, song, but I love this song. This is a great song, yeah. but I've never shot on them. Yeah, you can't. Like I've never shot on them just because it's not for me, and just because their fans means are nothing. disgraceful. Yeah, but pigs, <laughs> fucking <laughs> the world is full of them. Yeah, um, although there's a new world war brewing, so we Jesus. might be rid of about half of them in a month. Jesus, or two. they just uh, yeah, America just attacked Iran, killed Iran, one of Iran's top generals, top generals for Ooh. the crackling. For the actual crack. This is like the start of uh, a 2005 video game. This might, actually, this podcast might not even make it out. We could be fucking uh, living in some sort of wasteland. I hope we make it. You know, loads of people are like, you know, if there's a war and they drop nukes, I hope I die, like, real quick. I don't, I hope I Oh, no, it. like, if it's new, if it's a big fire, take me. No. What? I want to live. What, what? Oh, I'm, Jesus, I'm it's a new, new year, new year. No, you want to be a survivor, but you also do want to die. Oh, you want to die if it's all going to stay the same. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Like World War Three doesn't start. I hope I die. It's my yeah. birthday next week. So I, I hope I die. I know a lot of people with a secret kind of. Well, anyone on that show, that bombshell, that show in America, they all wanted that. I love that. They want, but they. It's great, but they wanted to happen. Preppers, you no, wouldn't. I live you wouldn't prep if you. But okay, one out of ten preppers doesn't want it to happen. Oh yeah, nine out of ten are I'm fucking, dying for it to happen. They'd, pu- go, they'd push the button like, and they have a little fucking tannoy system that comes across. Yeah. Ha! Fucking told you, mm. bored in hell, all you cunts. Yeah, that's my birthday. Actually, two days after this comes out. So I hope I die on my birthday. <laughs> if nothing changes. I don't want to be killed or anything. It'd be like a double celebration for everyone else. Wouldn't celebrate Gar's birthday, but also celebrate the day that he died. Mm. Um, yeah, so Justin Chancellor plays mostly wall basses. Um, he plays a wall Mark II live mostly. Weird. He also has... Stingrays, Music Man Stingrays, because everyone has Music Man yeah. Stingray, because so, it, it'll do that. You know, I think, I think that was our baseline. That was our base, sorry, uh, if you need a baseline, you need a bass sound even. You can't figure out what it is. Try, try an old sting, Stingray. Stingray yeah. there. Oh, that's the one I wanted, yeah. yeah. Stingray cuts through everything. They are that's, incredible. Yeah. They are. And he uses a few Warwicks as well. Cause Warwicks are interesting. He's, he's mad into his uh, like wooden yeah. looking bass, mm. shiny 
rounded off. Yeah, I love all that. Fucking walnut hops and all that. I love all that shit. So that's uh, that's schism. It's fucking great fucking song. Incredible, I do. I incredible. Do. Big fan of that song. Have to say. Who is your next one? My next one is Lou Reed. Walk on the world side. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I can imagine now my idea. It's very simple. It's just know. mad simple. Yeah. It's mad simple. There's nothing to Baseline, it. Baseline goes for a little walk. Yeah, that's just nothing to it. Um, it's a weird one where it's played on a double bass and a fretless electric bass at the same time to make it kind of cut out. A lot of these cunts using fretlesses. Yeah, fretlesses, fretlesses, <laughs> fretless uh, basses. So this is from uh, the album Transformer from 1972, uh, which was produced by David Bowie. Um, the single was a double A side that had Perfect Day on the other side. So you got Walking the World Side on Perfect Day. That's fucking I want to hate Perfect Day. Ah, it's, it's amazing. It's too good. It's amazing. If something makes me want to hate it, but I don't, I can't because it's too good. Do you know what I'll tell you a sickener, little, little fact about this is a fucking sickening fact. So the guy who played bass on this album, um, or on this song in particular, is a guy called Herbie Flowers. He was a famous kind of session, um, musician in England. And, uh, he was, he was in T-Rex for a while. Um, what a great name. Herbie Flowers? Yes. So it can't be real, but um, I hope it is. It uh, could be. Herbie Flowers. Well, Flowers is a very popular name in England, and Herbert is a hugely popular old school name. Maybe. Herbert Flowers. Name. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds too cool. Like, you'd think that he'd be an accountant or something, not like a savage bassist. So you have yeah. to look at like what they're doing as well, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, Herbie Flowers. So Herbie, Herbie was in T-Rex for a while, but he also was a session musician. He played with like Elton John... Bowie, Brian Ferry, Harry Nielsen, Cat Stevens, uh, fucking, uh, you've got Ringo Starr, George Harrison. Like the, the list goes on and on and on and on who he played with. His but, name is Brian Keith Flowers. You so you're right. Yeah. Was, yeah. You're right. Um, so for this song, for playing this bass line, one of the most famous little bass hooks of all time, he was paid £17 flat rate. That's it. Fuck. Brought in for this one song. Do that. There's 17 pounds patch on the back see you later and how fucking big is this song that happens a lot in 17 in the day. pounds yeah that happened a lot back in the day fucking I'm, disgrace like, I can give you a cut of the record now give me I need that money now that yeah. happened a lot of course it Obi-Wan Kenobi job yeah. like fucking full on this, oh, that hurt me when I read that yeah. But 17 uh, quid Herbie goes bananas for 17 exactly. quid and they worked out they, I think they worked out with inflation that's like 40 pounds today or something he got to eat fish and chips that night. 42. Though. Of course, you live like a king there for the Same week. Same again, Herbie. No, exactly. no, no. I'll have two lots this time. And I'll have Ray. Yeah. Oh, I'd love a bit of Ray. The fucking point of bitter was probably 20 pence at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you live like a fucking king on yeah. 17 quid. Uh, but yeah, this is just a super little bass line. It's mad simple. Oh, it's a boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, nothing yeah. to it. It's like, good, yeah. Nothing to it. But it's just, it suits what they're doing fucking perfectly. Uh, Transformer the album as well is amazing. Uh, the first two Lou Reed albums are fucking amazing. It gets a bit wonky he annoys for me. me. He annoys me oh, he's mad annoying. Don't get me wrong. You know, like annoying. when he's like purposely obtuse. Obtuse? Oh, obtuse? obtuse or obtuse? Is there an R in there? Probably. A madden one. Uh, it's too fucking early. No, it's obtuse. It is very early. Um, he, in interviews, and he kind of... He you know when someone is off in interviews to the point where they come across childish? Like John Lydon. Yeah. Like... Uh, Fucking loads of these cunts who have to be a, a bit dickhead in interviews. Yeah. There's people who can carry it really, really well. Yeah. And just be like a, almost smart, but he comes across as, oh yeah. Like some of the German guys have gone, so Lou, you're looking forward to the, the tour? No. No. Oh, very good, you yeah, rebel. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah he's known for that type of show. Anyway, uh, give us your next one. 
My next one is John the Fisherman by Primus. All right. From 1989. Uh, obviously, Les Claypool, the yeah. band leader, songwriter, and bassist. He does mad shit. He's playing insane bass lines while he's singing mad kind of melodies while, he, <laughs> while he's dancing around the stage. The way stage he does it is, yeah. Um, there's a lot of be- probably better bass lines. Ronan Big Brown Beaver is probably a better bass line than this. And Tommy the Cat is probably better. Mm. Lacquerhead and... Uh, Jerry was a race car driver, but there's something about John the Fisherman. They're all hypnotic baselines, yeah. but there's something about the hypnosis of this baseline that I fucking love. And it's a, it's a little bit more simple than the other ones as mm. well, but I could be wrong. He could, I could watch him playing it and <laughs> realise that, realize that the last yeah. two notes yeah. are up the other end of the bass yeah. and way harder. Yeah. But um, I can't do Primus anymore. I loved him. I when I was a young fella, I was obsessed with Primus. I would, like, like Pork Soda and Sailing the Seas of Cheese yeah. was just on repeat in my gaff fucking all day I couldn't get enough of it and then I took a break I just I just fell out of Primus and I didn't go back and then about 6-7 years ago I was like Jesus remember Primus I went through this little phase of like all the bands I was mad into was a kid yeah I did that and I was like right Paradise Lost and Primus I was remember Barry Overload yeah, exactly I was on P's and I was doing Paradise Lost and I was doing Primus and both of them bored the fucking life out of me I couldn't do it anymore I couldn't do, I couldn't do Primus. They were I very couldn't. much a product of their time. And it is hard to sometimes go back to a band like that. Like the way it is sometimes hard to go back to Mr. Bungle. But I need those kind of bands to just have a bit of madness every mm. now and then. See how much uh, those Primus records are worth? Like on LP? No. On vinyl? A fucking fortune. Really? A fucking fortune, yeah. Cause this was like mid 90s, early 2000s. Worth a fucking fortune. Somebody put, um, Put Pox out and oh fuck some other one I can't remember. Um, put two of them up online there last week and they were looking for like eight hundred euro a pop or something Jesus. like that. Just outrageous money, like fucking hell. Yeah. Um, he is one of my favorite bassists of all time. I think he tried out for Metallica that time. He did, yeah. Uh, that's not pointless. No, stop it. Pointless. Stop uh, it. He obviously wanted to do it because he loves Metallica. Didn't Gene Simmons and I try out for Metallica? I doubt it. No, I know Scott Reader from. Uh, Caius did did he and uh, he was going to make it onto the thing but Caius's music is I can't very bass line I, I like that but I can't do Caius either again I was mad into that when I was a young fella I tried again recently I tried to listen to that Green Machine song I was like this sounds like it was written by fucking 16 you year see, your man hasn't got a great voice there's just a song whatever his name is I don't uh, care John something uh, yeah, the, the idea Coyus is not the a idea and the imagery of that band are much better than their actual music yeah. and, I, I and a lot of people will go thanks for Queens of the Stone Age do you know what I mean because yeah. that's really like what that's a lot it. of people prefer came yeah. out of, I love Quiet, but your man's voice does kind of grate on me it's, every now and then not, not he's cool. not a very strong singer no um, so he plays he still plays and has most of his life played the very first bass he ever bought really which is a 1976 walnut four string piccolo weird um, he mostly other play, plays uh, you see I doubt a lot of these people will play, this is their main instrument, but they're not bringing out the fucking Tokyo and shit. Sometimes mm. they'll probably just, maybe, I don't know, maybe probably they will. Even in the house, I don't know. Yeah. So he mostly plays Carl Thompson basses, which mm. I don't really know a whole lot about. Probably some custom guy from his. No, no, CT basses, a lot of people play them, but, um, I don't know. I've no, I don't know anyone that plays Any, a CT yeah, bass. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know. It could be mm. like, it could be in a very small American thing, but, mm. uh, tell us, you tell us bass players. Yeah. You've already, you're already absolutely roaring at us. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. so fucking, yeah. uh, that's uh, John the Fisherman from 89. Um, fucking love that album. Absolutely love that album. Uh, sorry, that song. That album's grand. What's that album? Fucking... Uh, I can't all be... Oh, no. Ah, uh, no. That's, uh, oh, it's that's, on that. That's the best album. Yeah, that's the best singers, yeah. Um, So who's your next one? My last one is uh, another Kim Dale band. It's the Pixies. 
Yeah, and the song is Debaser. Yeah. Uh, Great bassline. It's, it's mixed so high as well. Yeah. It, like, I think this, this is, this and like Monkey Gone to Heaven were the songs for everyone for the Pixies for so long. Like, people forget that there's loads of Pixie stuff that doesn't necessarily, like, the bass is probably not even a great example of what they sound like, and neither is Monkey no. Gone to Heaven. They're so, they, they are kind of, they are kind of varied. My favourite song is Alec Eiffel. Mm. I love that song. It's just, there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, different types of music mixed into that kind of pixie dust, you know? And, uh, so this is off Do Little from 1989. What an album. Yeah, exactly. And now, uh, actually, this was put out in 4AD Records, and the guy who designed most of 4AD Records stuff, a guy called uh, Vaughn Oliver, who died there. That's right. Uh, yeah. Last week, he died like, yeah. right at the end of December of 2019. Yeah. He died. Jesus, his artwork is incredible. Super, yeah, yeah. It's so 4AD, and it's so 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, well, apparently, the album was originally, suppo- it wasn't supposed to be called uh, Doolittle, it was supposed to be called Horror. And um, yeah. I think he talked him out of it. Yeah, um, he talked him out of it because I think he he started work on the cover, and um, I think the original there were re- originally it was supposed to be supposed to be called Doolittle, right? But he'd already started work on the cover and had the monkey and all that kind of shit in it. Yeah, and he was like, "Listen, you're just gonna fuck around with me now if you call it call a whore." Yeah, and they went, "All right, fuck, it's called Doolittle," because there's a line in there about fucking yeah. what, what Doctor Doolittle tastes like or some shit. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, also. But, People want certain places want stock if it's called that. Yeah, there's no point. Just don't. Not listen, that they are for. Call, you can put mad songs on your album, but just call your album fucking the album two. You know yeah. what I mean? That album four, whatever fucking whatever it takes to get it out to people. Um, but the Bowser has a super famous bassline. It has. Uh, it's probably it's the ultimate gateway drug. I think for the Pixies. I think Monkey Gone to Heaven. It's a great song. It, which is a great song. I, I don't think it has as much pick up in it as, as the bass or the bass and, or has and everyone everything. knows Where's My Mind from Fui Club yeah exactly and Where's My Mind it's not even it's grand it's a good song it's, do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of um, fucking How Soon Is Now by the Smiths yeah it's too Brilliant. slow it doesn't, pl- it doesn't pl- represent them no, at all, at all. Like, the bass art is well it's not like everything else it's closer no it is it's probably a mean average of yeah. Pixie songs so it's, it's, a, it's a perfect ent- entry kind of gateway drug for, for the Pixies yeah so Kim Deal, as we said earlier, uh, was the bassist in the Pixies, but the guitarist in the Breeders. Playing on our sister's bass. Yeah, exactly. So she played on this. Um, I did check that just to make sure they didn't get somebody else in. To be but fair, like right, it probably wouldn't have been that annoying for a sister because the Pixies weren't big. Really, they weren't really. <laughs> Not that really. Big. Well, they, the, the sister came back into the sister was in Breeders for a while, and then she had to go to rehab. So the band kind of kind of went on pause but I think they recorded an album without her and then she came back yeah. and then I think maybe three or four years ago they done a reunion gig where they got all the original crew from Pod from the first album or as many of them as they could get yeah. so they, they kind of got it back together again with her with Kim and her sister oh. um, back together again so they they, they go on the lads yeah exactly well listen that's Pixies the bass I don't want to talk too much about it just fucking you know it already even if you don't recognise the name no, you've heard it before you know it it's just a fucking one of those savage fucking late 80s early 90s indie songs that was everywhere for a long time yeah. it's 1989 which I for some reason I always think I always think the song is the early 90s but it's fucking a lot of these are 80s yeah uh, but yeah, poor old uh, Vaughn Oliver, pouring out for fucking pouring out home slice. And um, that is all of mine. Who is your last one? My last one is I had to pick Rush. Yeah, YYZ from nineteen eighty one. People go not YYZ, it's YYZ. That's the way you're supposed to say it. Right? YYZ. Yeah, because they're Canadian, they're not American. That's right. Uh, 
this YYZ is the uh, it's the the shortened version of an, an airport, Toronto International Airport, I think. Okay. I believe. So they they uh, got the idea for the ba- the intro for this, I think, from um, Morse code on a plane while they were being. Uh, pilot some pilot somewhere. Pilot Floyd 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 somewhere. Oh, yeah, stop. neither of us have fucking. Not, January is not w- woken up yet. No, it's too early in the year. Wake me up when January ends. <sighs> Wake That's me up. Other Green Day song. When World um, War Three starts. This I I can I I dip in and out rush. I can't stick with them. I couldn't be a fucking rush fan. They do me fucking head in. They're great. The exact time. They're great. But uh, like this, the reason I picked this is because this has three sections this song so the first section sounds like honestly the blueprint from a sugar it has that te- it's 10 yeah. the timing is 10 what yeah and it's that if you heft it up that's my sugar or opeth yeah and any, I, any kind of modernish prog metal yeah. bands yeah and I know that, that rushed aren't even really the ones that would be the first people to start I'd say they I, I, I'd guarantee they took a lot of influence from yes because yes, we're doing it ten years yeah. before that, yeah. if not more. Yes, but not as not as modern and cool as Rush were doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? So Rush were OTT. Rush were like the fucking kiss of prog. Yeah. So like they had like the big yeah. stage shows and they were over the top. Like yeah. So get yeah. So Geddy Lee is the singer and songwriter and bass player. It's very rare to see a la Primus. A la Primus. Yeah. The bass player being like the Lemmy from Motorhead is another one that yeah. didn't make it onto this because I don't. Ace of Spades is a grand bass line. Yeah. It'll probably come up in volume two. One That's of us will yeah. one of us will probably pick it, but to put to put that over a rush YYZ for me would be a little bit yeah, like I said, it starts off like Meshuga, then it goes into just this basal jam session yeah. fucking thing, which if it started off like that, I would hate it. Yeah. But it doesn't. It starts off with that weird fucking intro. And then there's a bit later on in the song where he just starts playing the most basic thing and lets the synths Let them take fly off. around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, synths and uh, drums and stuff like that. It's a great fucking song. I really do. He plays uh, 1972 Black Fender Jazz. Really? Jazz, yeah. I prefer... I, like I said, I've never really played a jazz that much. It's ja- Most people play a jazz or a P-bass. Yeah, I, I, obviously different fucking pickups, different body shape, and then you've got your fucking weird little... A lot of, a lot of the jazz basses have that... Uh, big metal clip that goes over the back oh, of the yeah, strings yeah. as What's well. That for? I couldn't tell you. Bassist, tell us what that fucking. It's not for it's not for resting your thumb on because they have a thumb rest already. Um, I don't it know what the be big for clip. slapping. Is it for slapping? It could be where your where your palm goes, but yeah. your palm is there for for slapping and muting at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've no idea. Maybe it's to stop uh, gremlins getting in. It could, dust, be, dust. could be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but it's open. I don't understand. I've been looking at them my whole life and I don't know what it does. <laughs> Basis, please tell us what that big metal shell thing is on the back. Because yeah. there's loads of old guitar guitars that had those as well um, that came up out of the the bridge. Um, came up out of the bridge that covered a big section of the guitar as well. Maybe you could use that as a fucking... No, because it's set into the body. So you couldn't like use it as a tremolo. I don't know. It's so just punching you. when you get angry. It could be just a lump of metal for fucking digging it, raking on people in the yeah. audience that are annoying you. Could be, or it could be just a bit of a sandwich holding there. It's not be good as well. It stops that. Whichever, like, whatever, for whatever reason, the guitar flips up or you're pulling it, and that bottom bit gets caught on your jumper. Yeah, on a guitar. <coughs> yeah, or a bass. This would yeah. stop that from happening. Save your jumper. More than likely, save your jumper. If you yeah. happen so to flip around, that's the its official away. name, the jumper saver. Right, I think we've annoyed bassists enough okay. now. I think we've annoyed them enough now. Yeah. That's uh, YYZ. I absolutely love it. It's fucking great. I, I'm not even a mad Rush fan. I'm not even. 
even a mad. I wouldn't listen to that song every day. No, but whenever I think of like deadly basslines, I think of that song. That's so up there. You have to. Rush must be mentioned. Like. That's yeah. That's our uh, basslines. We've yeah. we've annoyed you enough basses and we've bored. Uh, wait, wait, we've we definitely the, bored guitarists. Wait, till we get the drums. Oh Jesus! Then, fucking Jesus yeah. Christ! There's our first instrument specific uh, <coughs> podcast and our first one of 2020. May, what a year! May God have so far. mercy. Yeah, it's like it's a couple of hours old or something. And the world is about to born. I can't wait. It's already on fire in Australia. And now we're trying to make the more continents catch fire with war now. Yeah, I'm fucking. I'm sadder about the poor animals in Australia than I am about fucking any Iranian or American that's going to be fucking killed. I'm real. Uh, I feel real bad. All right. I don't know. You get a hard time. Iranians. Yeah, they do. Was New Orleans Sheikh from Iran? I'm with him. Was he actually though? Uh, yeah. He could he have was. been from fucking. No, he was. Yeah. He could have been from Delaware. He was, and Vince yeah. McMahon goes, "You're from Iran." No, I think he is actually <laughs> Iranian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So that's it. So uh, as always, the bit that we end the podcast with is: if you like us, you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast. It's less than five euro a month. It's five dollars a month. Um. So. I don't know whether a war will make that go up or down. Hopefully down, you get a uh, better bang for your book. Uh, well, we won't tell you. We'll just keep it at that. Well, that's it. It's all, <laughs> listen, we don't have uh, tiers. Everything is, is $5 a month. Um, and that gives you access to all the podcasts that we put up there, all the videos that we put Including up there. Including the best one. The best one we've ever done. Um, the TV themes one, which is outrageous. The reason that we put it on Patreon is because mainly people on pa- Patreon had been asking us to do this specific TV, TV themes, themes yeah. one, so yeah. it felt fair to give that to them. Yeah, well, maybe what we'll do is we'll do, uh, in a couple of months, we'll do TV themes volume two and we'll put that out to, uh, to the general public. And if you like that one, then you'll have to go back and pay us to listen to the first one. Uh, paywall. You, paywall. Disgusting. Welcome to the fucking well, future. Well, welcome to the world because we have to pay for hosting. So. Exactly. Uh, if you don't want to pay a couple of quid, just go on to Facebook, share it, fucking, uh, share it, post, uh, by us, rate, review us on iTunes, on your Stitchers, on your if you're not, Podbean. If you're not your, mad into podcasts, well, first of all, it'd be weird if you're listening to this, but if you happen to f- just stick, just send it to one of your mates who's a bassist or whatever. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. You know, anybody who's mad into instruments, send them onto this and uh, they can get onto us and annoy us. So uh, thanks very much. We'll be back again next week.